Hey friends, welcome back. My name's Joe. This is the Joe Martino Show. And today we're going to talk about somebody thinking that they heard me say two of the dumbest things that I've ever said. Spoiler alert, they're not right. Uh, also, we're going to talk about some things that emotionally strong people do. Nine things that emotionally strong people do. I can't wait for you to hear this episode. Let's kick it off. This is the Joe Martino Show. You're listening to The Joe Martino Show, a podcast dealing with all things emotional, relational, and human nature. Joe is a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan, specializing in relationship therapy. He is also the author of the book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. All advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only. Enjoy the show. All right. Hello, my friends. Welcome back. I think today's episode is going to be kind of short. Uh, we're, we're, we've been kind of running around this issue of finding your why and understanding the why and what happens when you can't find a why. And, and you know, some people sent me some things. I, I did an episode, you know, what what is that? How much of your life does whatever that is cost you? And somebody wrote in, wanted me to know that was the second dumbest thing they've ever heard me say. Uh, the first dumbest thing that they ever heard me say was that people do what they want to do when they want to do it. They just couldn't believe that I would say such a stupid thing. Uh, And so we went back and forth a little bit. I wrote them and told them that not only do I say that, but I absolutely 100% fundamentally believe it. And I do believe that there are many things in life that... we we do that we think we don't want to do, but we're doing them because we choose to do them. And we're not measuring the cost of our life that they take. And to be fair, I've said way dumber things. Like, I actually said that I thought the Knicks might be competitive this year. If you follow the NBA, you know how that worked out. And also, to be clear, if you have criticisms like that, I don't mind hearing them at all. Feel free to email me, joe at joemartino.com. Please put podcast in the subject line. I get a lot of emails every day. And I have to come up with some way to prioritize them and sort them. If you put podcast in the subject headline or the subject title, space, place, it will end up in a folder for just podcast emails, which is very helpful to me. So I appreciate that if you do that. I also had another client, or not client, another listener. It's been a rough morning. I don't know why. I'm just struggling to get my words out. I had another listener who sent me a a list of things that mentally strong people do. And I'm going to share some of those today. It's going to be the entire gist of the the episode. I'm going to make some of them mine, uh, tweak them a little bit. But uh, this person sent it to me. They were like, hey, I thought you might you know, be interested in this given what your last few episodes have been about. I was interested in it. So we're going to talk about it today. So let's just jump into it. Here are some things that mentally strong people do that benefits their lives. The first thing is, is they move on. They let stuff go. One of the biggest tragedies of people who have gone through really bad things is that they often get stuck in them and refuse to let them go. And so what happens is, is they're, they're, they're traumatized more than once. So let's say something bad happens to them in their childhood, uh, in their teenage years, their husband, their spouse divorces them and leaves them for a younger version of themselves. Uh, or, or somebody, somebody in some way deeply wounds them rather than processing it and therefore then letting it go they stay stuck there and they can never move on. And so what happens is, is they're wounded twice. They're wounded with the original wound and then they're wounded again because they refuse to move past, move forward from the, the original wound. And, and it traumatizes their life all over again and they never realize the potential that they had in their life. All right, number two, they embrace change. This is really important because This goes with number one. We have to embrace change. We have to realize that life isn't always going to turn out the way that we want it to. I just recently read a book 
about the 1990s Knicks, and I grew up cheering for the Knicks in the 90s, and it was one of the best books I've read as from an enjoyment perspective. It's not going to change my life uh, too much, I wouldn't think. It was painful to relive some of the losses to Michael Jordan and the Bulls and and the Miami Heat and the fiascos. And it was also interesting to observe, because the author seems to have done a good job of of going behind the scenes. It was interesting to observe which players were good at, at embracing change, which ones weren't, how the ones who were benefited them, and how the ones that were not good at it, it really worked against them. And even as a a system, as an organization, they have not done well embracing change. Their leadership has not been good since James Dolan took over. Hashtag, I wish he would sell the team. Mentally strong people will embrace change because it's what moves them forward, because the world is constantly changing around us. And there are times, yes, I, you know, I, I'll read Facebook memes where someone's like, man, remember the good old days when we could ride our bikes? And, you know, when the, when the streetlights came on, that meant we had to go home. The truth is that could still happen. But we've changed as a society, so we have to embrace that and we can lament aspects of change and still embrace the overall change. So one of the things I say to my clients regularly is all change is lost and all loss should be grieved. Even good change is lost, but you have to come to the place where you embrace change if you're going to be mentally strong and if you're going to be emotionally healthy. The third thing that emotionally strong people do is they don't waste time on things they can't control. One of the biggest time wasters that we have as people is we spend so much time worrying about things we can't control. We spend so much time and energy trying to change things that we know we can't change. This leads to emotional weakness. It leads to emotional unhealth. It often will lead to physical unhealth because the next step is bitterness. And and so we, we start with moving on and then we embrace change. And when we realize that there are changes that we can't control or things going on that we can't control, one of the things we do is we accept the idea that we can't control them and we don't waste time worrying about them. We figure out what does it mean to move on. I was talking to a client yesterday and I said, you know, there, there are three types of things that work against whatever you're trying to do. Things you control, things you don't control, but you can go talk to the person who does control them, and things you have to work around. That's it. Those are the three th- those three categories. And, and one of the things that happens is once we get to the third category, I don't control it. The more time we spend on trying to control it, the less time we have to spend working on the problem. Emotionally strong people, number four, they spend time working on being kind and they worry about being kind more than they worry about being nice. I've talked about this a lot before. Too many people worry about being nice. Niceness is just worried about how you feel. Kindness is worried about how you feel and you becoming the best version of you. And I see this a lot with parents. They're so worried about being nice. Like they talk in these, these terms of like everything that happens, they, they talk in terms of they find the nice thing to say about the person. Or I was talking to a colleague yesterday about uh, one, of their, one of their former jobs. And we were talking about, you know, what is the difference between burning someone's behaviors, calling someone's behaviors into account versus, you know, burning them. And I don't ever want to burn people, but I will absolutely positively go after people's behaviors because that's kind. That's necessary. 
Niceness says, well, you're engaged in bad behaviors, but I don't want you to feel bad about yourself, so I'm not going to bring it up. And that rarely creates health. I truly despise universals, but I'd be willing to say that that never creates health. Number five, emotionally strong people, they take calculated risk. There is no path forward in your life without risk. None. I've told this story before. I was reading a book somewhere. I don't remember who it was, but the guy's dad uh, became an accountant. He hated, I think it was Jim Carrey. He, he hated being an accountant. I saw Jim Carrey's speech. That's what it was. I saw Jim Carrey's speech and he talked about how his dad hated being an accountant. He went to a job that sucked the life out of him, but he didn't want to risk anything in what he really wanted to do because he wanted to provide for his family. And when Jim Carrey was 12 years old, his dad lost his job and they went paycheck to paycheck and barely made it through his formative years. Because everything you do is risk. When you wake up, there's a risk you could die. When you go to sleep, there's a risk you may never wake up again. When you put your feet to the floor, there's a risk that you could get hurt. Everything you do is risk. And the problem is we tend to live at extremes, right? So we know people who they just take all the risk and don't ever consider that. But then there's other people who don't take any risk. Emotionally strong people take calculated risk. All right, number six, emotionally strong people both embrace failure and being wrong. In fact, we might even say that truly strong emotional people, they like being wrong because then they have more information. They don't mind failure because then they can learn and they know what happened. One of the things that when I'm often talking to people about, especially if I'm working in a corporate setting with some level of, we're we're talking about negotiation, I often say, look, no is not a bad answer. It's often a great answer because then you can get more information about what will lead them to a yes. You are offering them something that they weren't willing to pay the price for. Or, you know, when you think about with with your kids, no is not a bad answer. In fact, for kids, it's funny because kids will often... They'll just start, you know, if you say no, they'll they'll come up with a different way to ask the same question. Oh, we want to beat that out of them. Maybe we want to foster that and teach them to channel it in the right way. Maybe that would be better. They embrace being wrong. Can you imagine? There's such an arrogance to, well, I'm right. Well, of course, okay, like I want people to hold their beliefs and, and believe that they're right, but you need to hold them loosely because you could be wrong. And, and emotionally strong people... They embrace the fact that they could be wrong. They even maybe really super strong people, like like the bodybuilders of emotional of emotional muscles, they get happy when they're wrong because they realize that now they can jettison bad information. They've grown. They've learned in more information. They've learned a different perspective. Along with that, number seven, emotionally strong people celebrate others' success. One of the things that always blows my mind about the world, the world is, is we tend to think of everything as a zero-sum game. Now, like, look, baseball, I really like baseball, and baseball is a zero-sum game. If my team wins and we're playing each other, that means your team lost. But life isn't that way. I can have a kick-ass marriage that is fantastic, and that doesn't mean that everyone else can either. We all can. Someone can be a fantastic father, and that doesn't mean that other people have to be a bad father. We can all be good dads. It's not a zero-sum game. So when someone else is successful, cheer for them. I have a colleague writing a book. Cheer her on. It's not like her book is going to suddenly take readers away from me. That's insanity. Because there's a lot of readers out there. There's a lot of books. And the more good information we get out, the better. Uh, you're not passionate about Compassion International? That's fine. I am. Cheer for me. And whatever it is that you're compassionate about, about helping people that are less resourced than you, I'll cheer for you. Emotionally strong people 
celebrate other success. They cheer for other people. Period. I, I was I was uh, at the at the beach recently. We're, we were on a trip for our vacation, and I was at the beach, and I was on a, we were on a trip for our vacation for our anniversary. And I was at the beach, and and this older woman who was morbidly obese in medical terms comes walking by. Good for her. Get going, girl. You go get some exercise. She's walking. Now, I bring balance to the world by sitting on the beach and sipping coffee. But that, that's for another episode. If you make fun of people for trying, you're probably not emotionally strong. Now, there are some times where people tell you that they're trying and they're not, or, or they, they tell you that they're successful and they're not, or they're doing something. You're like, that isn't how it works. And you try to offer them information and maybe they don't want to hear it. And so you kind of feel flummoxed by that. That's fine. You feel frustrated by that. That's fine. But celebrate other people's success. All right, number eight. Emotionally healthy people, emotionally strong people, embrace true diversity. Now, this is a word that in our day and age, it is like playing with a nuclear bomb that's been set to go off and you don't know when. And so much of what I hear from people about tolerance isn't really tolerance. It's why don't you have my opinion come out of your mouth? And this is why if you've been around for any amount of time, I hammer the 70% rule. I do not expect to agree with my friends on everything. I'm good at 70%. The truth is I'm good under 70%, but that's really the threshold for where I'll let people move into my inner circles because there has to be some level of commonality. But I'll have a conversation with anybody about anything and enjoy it almost all the time as, as long as it doesn't get personal. I'll enjoy it. Because if I'm going to be emotionally strong, I have to bring other people's ideas into how I view things. I have to examine them. I have to pick them up and look at them. I can't just say, well, I disagree with that, so it's worthless. I don't know everything, and neither do you. And so this idea that we can pause, bring people in who we don't agree with, from, from both sides of us, right? So wherever you're sitting on any ideology, there's people to the right of you and there's people to the left of you. If you truly want to be emotionally strong and emotionally well, you need to bring them into your life. Now, you need to do it wisely. I don't give people whose core values are fundamentally different than mine, I don't give them much opportunity to speak into my life decisions. That's wisdom. Those are boundaries. But I'll let people... I'm, I'm anti-spanking. I've been, that's been a journey for me, uh, but I am completely anti-spanking. I will embrace a conversation with anyone who wants to. That's pro-spanking. It will not bother me. If you're pro-spanking and you want to embrace a conversation with me and you want to do it in a podcast, I'll do it. That'll be fun. I mean, I'll probably do it. I don't know. I can't guarantee that. All promises are not necessarily guarantees of the production company. Ha <laughs> Okay, so that was me being funny. But seriously, if you're going to be emotionally strong, you have to embrace true diversity with people around you. All right, number nine, the last one. Emotionally strong people can look at the future. In other words, they, they, they'll make future, pro, uh, future forecast and they can be present. Future forecast and they can be present. So they look to the future. They think about the future. They think about how what, what they're doing today will affect tomorrow. And then they find time to be present today because today's a gift. You may not get it back. Well, you, you won't get it back. You may not get tomorrow as a gift. And so they, 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 they laser focus into being present. And as they're being present, what happens? 
they're able to focus to the future, but they're also building emotional relationships around them. They're able to check in with themselves emotionally. They're able to create that space that we talked about previously between themselves and the emotions that are going on and observe them. Emotionally strong people, it's not either or. They can both look to the future and for that matter, they can recognize the past, but they're very good at being present. All right, how about you? Where are you at on this list of nine? How do you feel you're doing? Would you add something to the list? Would you take something away? Reach out and let me know at Joe, Martino, Joe at JoeMartino.com. Also, if you did like this, please don't forget to share it with your friends. Part of being uh, involved in the world is sharing things with other people that we find value in. And this is free for them, for you, not for me, but for, for the stakeholders, it's free. And so that's a good thing. It does cost part of our life though, right? Remember that episode. All right, thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please share with a friend. And hey, give us that rating in your podcast store. Until next time, change possible.